A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome all. Uh, you're listening to Shafiq, Raheel and Hamza. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Verbal Outpost where we'd like to have an informal conversation about some real topics. Uh, we'd also like you to take part, so make sure you leave a comment or drop us an email on verbaloutpost at outlook.com with your thoughts. Okay, um, I'm going to jump right into our topic. It's a bit of a controversial one. Um, it's about ex-Muslims. Um, so, I mean, for some of us, we rarely think about what it means to be a Muslim. Um, a lot of us have heard that Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world. And for a lot of Muslims, you know, when they hear that, it makes them feel some, you know, a sense of pride, you know, whether they're devout or not, they think, well, you know, I'm part of this faith that's growing so rapidly. Um, and the growth, um, it can be attributed to sort of high birth rates within our communities and a lot of people converting to Islam. Um, and in the 21st century, the statement gets thrown a, uh, around a lot uh, by Muslims, but we shouldn't let it deflect attention away from, fortunately, another reality, which is that a lot of Muslim men and women, um, those who have been brought up in traditional Muslim families, and in a fewer cases, um, those who have accepted Islam as new Muslims, they're actually turning away from Islam. Um, and once they've sort of chosen this path, um, they know that they're now going to be, well, what the English language would define as an apostate. Um, and a few even make a point of publicly declaring their apostasy and their hatred of Islam and what they've been through. And the media will happily popularize these people. And I've noticed that for those types of people, they like to call themselves ex-Muslims. Um, and when I was sort of looking into this topic, um, there's been a lot of uh, documents, a lot of books, um, a lot of media about ex-Muslims. And there's one particular author, Simon Cotty. Um, he's a British academic. He, he's documented all these stories of these former Muslims in a book of his called The Apostate, When Muslims Leave Islam. And, um, and in each case, um, the reasons for these people leaving Islam it differs um, and it ranges from bigotry and oppression to violence and um, all in the name of Islam. Um, and the economists, they wrote something in a report in 2018 um, and they said it could sometimes even be a reaction to certain verses in the Quran or Hadith. Um, and often these verses, they trigger um, well, I mean, they're usually controversial ones, and it's to do with sometimes slavery or to do with gender. Um, and that's something that, unfortunately, the family members or imams, you know, they have trouble um, explaining properly or to a, to, um, to a level of satisfaction to these people. And unfortunately, that sort of leads them astray. And I mean, I think me personally, anyway, I find it to be quite a serious failing on the part of Muslims, um, on the families, the teachers and the institutions that, you know, we depend on, um, that they're not able to sort of deal with these doubts and questions from within their own community with sort of, you know, tolerance and patience. Um, and they don't really strive to understand these doubts and questions that these people have. Um, and, you know, they just sort of reaffirm, look, you're Muslim, you know, that's who you are. Why are you even questioning it? And they think, look, this is your ident identity. This is what you've been brought up in. You know, why are you even thinking about these things? And they end up rejecting um, these doubts and questions that these people have. You know, these are things that need to be answered. Um, and it, what ends up happening, they, these people, they feel like they don't belong anymore uh, or they may feel like they don't belong. And, you know, sooner or later, whether it's publicly or in secret, that feeling of not belonging, um, it matures into 
actively not believing. And that's what I'd like to discuss a bit further today, inshallah. So, I mean, one of the first questions I want to sort of pose to my co-hosts um, is how serious they think this matter of apostasy is. And I mean, is it something you feel the Muslim community needs to put a bit more attention to? So, guys? Um, I think, well, the first point I wanted to just make mention of is you mentioned about the numbers game um, and that Muslims make a big point of about, you know, Islam being the fastest growing religion and, and that kind of stuff. I don't personally think that that should be any sort of validating point for anybody to become Muslim um, or to for one Muslim to try and convince another Muslim that, oh, it's the fastest growing religion, therefore it makes sense that you should be Muslim too. I never thought that that should be the right angle to take in you know, becoming Muslim because at some point Islam only had one person and that was the Prophet So it was the smallest religion in that respect and it was only because it grew but it wasn't for that basis of numbers that it grew. Um, and if that's the game I don't think that's really the right basis because that's not the core of Islam. The core of Islam is what should be looked at as to when deciding whether you're going to be a Muslim or not. But in terms of your question about whether the issue of apostasy is you know, serious or not, yes, it is a serious issue um, because purely down to the nature of what this means for that individual who's deciding to stay in Islam or leave Islam, um, ultimately whether they accept it or reject it, it is going to determine whether they go to Jannah or Jahannam. So, yes, it is a very serious thing in that respect because, you know, ultimately, we, in an ideal situation, of course, we'd want everybody to go to Jannah, but obviously that's not going to be the reality end for everyone. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. And Hamza? I think just on the point about the numbers, I'll give my pennies worth in as well. Um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, to a large extent, it's just a real, what I would call a vanity metric. And it's just something that uh, some Muslims can feel prou- proud about and throw this number around, even though, from what I've seen in the data, a large part of it is just the Muslim um, people residing in Muslim countries have more children. So that in itself isn't a massive accomplishment. Um, but yeah, so it, 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 it's not about numbers. And just to re- reiterate what Raheel talked about, um, we should perceive it as quality over quantity. So the number in isolation doesn't mean that much. And actually, we should look at the quality of those numbers um, that consider themselves to be Muslim. In terms of your question, is apostasy an issue? Yeah, of course it is. Um, are we doing enough as a Muslim community? I don't think we are. And I don't think we should point fingers at institutions or schools or madrasas or teachers or imams or community leaders. I think we're all to blame for it. I think we all share some of that responsibility of not doing enough. And I think there's this perception that it is something that is ignored or the Muslim community is busy burying their heads heads in the sand, just trying to block it out and ignore it. And I think that's a big problem because it is happening. 
and it's continuing to happen and it appears to be yeah, it appears to be growing in a generational sense so mm. yeah no, absolutely that's a good point i think uh, i think most people in the community would agree with what you just said as well is that i think generally people sort of shy away from discussing these sort of topics, you know, that are maybe a bit controversial, um, whether whether it's at the risk of upsetting people or they just feel unqualified to discuss it. But, you know, we're all responsible, as you said. And I think the most important thing, I mean, to be completely honest, approach coming into this conversation, it's going to open a Pandora's box, right? There's a It's going to open a can of worms. But I think it's important just to segment all the different sort of cohorts or, you know, ex-Muslims or people that apostatize or leave Islam, whatever you want to refer to, to that particular population, we need to have a, um, we, we need to understand they're not a monolith. It's not just one group of people that leave for the same reason. There's a whole host of different reasons. Um, people from different backgrounds as well, different countries. So there's a, load, a whole load of different factors. I think it's important for us to understand those different factors because we may make some comments where we're addressing certain types of ex-Muslims. Do you see what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, it, it, I mean, I'm sort of generalizing a lot of things. I mean, we've personally haven't had to go through any of that. You know, we've never really had those sort of questions or maybe had the same sort of doubts that they've had. Um, and I mean, just on my question as well about the importance of it is that when these people obviously choose to leave, it, it makes a massive impact and has a knock and effect to sort of the family and friends and the community around them. And I think that sort of shows the seriousness of it is that it's not just one person leaving Islam. Yeah, okay, as Raheel mentioned, you know, it's a case of between the Jannah or Jahannam, but it has a knock on effect to, you know, people around them as well. Um, Raheel, did you want to add something? Um, yeah, the, the curious point for me, I think, would be what made that individual consider themselves a Muslim in the first place? Um, and then what actually changed for them to cause them to no longer consider themselves a Muslim? I mean, did they even have faith to begin with? Um, or was it simply a case of my family are Muslim and that's where I was born and raised and mm. I've never really thought about it. And now I'm just making a conscious decision to say I'm not a Muslim. So, I mean, does that even fall under leaving islam if you never considered yourself a muslim in the first place mm. and there are probably a lot of people out there like that in our community who've never really questioned it to be fair you know they've just been born and raised into a muslim family and they just are oh, muslim but never really thought much about whether they actually believe or not i think it's an interesting point that the for those that are in that boat um they feel that they have no one they can turn to to ask those questions where they have concerns or doubts or issues with anything within Islam about the belief or anything else mm. they they perhaps don't feel that, that they're able to approach anybody I think that's quite concerning as well isn't it yeah and I mean if I went on to sort of my next question I was going to ask as well is that I mean with these ex-Muslims I mean talking about sort of the community as well I mean how do you think they'd be treated for someone that declares themselves to no longer be Muslim how do you think they'll be treated here in the UK um, by their peers. What do you guys think about that? Again, I mean, a lot. Uh, again, a large part of it depends on who exactly we're talking about, because th there's there's so many different 
sort of reasons that people will leave. I mean, just um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just pull it back to some research by Pew Research um, Institute in the US and some of their data, they said 23% of Muslims that had been raised Muslim but no longer identified with the religion um, they said there was 23% of the community in the US um, that would leave in that manner. So they were born and raised Muslim, but no longer identified with it as you know, they grew older. And Pretty big number, isn't it? Yeah. It is. However, they did say that actually it's balanced out because you're getting about 23% of Muslims converting to Islam as well. So that makes up for the discrepancy. Um, mm. But the reasons given for for it, so within that 23%, um, there was around 10% that said they were raised Muslim, but don't believe or never really connected with it. So, yeah, it didn't really mean very much to them. So overall, within the US, you're probably talking about 10% yeah, of 23, so about 2.3%. So about 2.3% of the Muslim community in the US leaving for that particular reason. Um, so yeah, that's that's a sizable number. That's quite a significant number, I'd say. Mm. And that's so, what, uh, and that's what they're aware of as well. I mean, it's probably uh, it's probably much larger. I mean, they've uh, they've got um, a set amount of people that they've spoken to. You know, for we know maybe it's mm. a lot larger than that. Mm. I mean, Pew Research is it's pretty reputable, but as you know, as with any research company, yeah. there's 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 going to be some level of yeah, but potentially some bias. I know with data collecting and stats, um, mm. they're pretty thorough and trying to exclude any of the bias. Um, but 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 there's a number of reasons here. Do you want me to go through them very quickly? So, I mean, one of the, re the reasons for leaving Islam. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few different reasons here because I, I I just want to be careful. We don't talk about um, people leaving Islam as a monolith as, as if there's one reason because mm. just from the outset. Um, there's some, you know, there's pe people that I don't know personally, but know of that have gone on to then speak out against Islam and talk about how evil it is and pretty much go and join some of the racist groups. Um, people that were Muslim. Um, there's some people for whom sexual orientation was a bit of an issue because they felt it, it, it conflicted with their beliefs, with their religion um, and left for that reason. There's some people. So, I mean, coming back to this, um, 12% of those polled, so out of that 23%, 12% said uh, they didn't like organized religion or didn't believe in religion. So I'm, I'm not sure how that's significantly different to raised Muslim, but don't believe is that really connected with it. Is but, that to say there's no issue specifically with Islam, just religion in general then? It appears like that, yeah. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah, so it... it it's a case of, you know, all religions just complete rubbish and there is no God. Um, I find so, it interesting that they would then call themselves ex-Muslims rather than, say, atheists or whatever it is they've now chosen to align themselves to. Well, it's interesting because it's very difficult to find specific research on this. Um, because if you look at... So I've had a look at some data in the UK as well, but that's about the Muslim community. So it's very mm. difficult to see how many people are leaving because they no longer identify as Muslim. So they are then out of the scope of that bit of research. 
So it's quite difficult. Mm, um, it's a tricky but the capture, isn't it? Yeah, but the US one specifically focuses on that. So it's just interesting to see some of the reasons. And even from what we see as well, some people um, appear to be quite malicious, quite opportunistic, seem to be cashing in, making a lot of money from it. But do you know what? There's a lot of people that aren't like that. There's a lot of people that genuinely just don't believe it or you know have mm. some issue um, and don't want to make a big song and dance about it and, and don't really consider themselves to be ex-Muslim. They'll just say, well, I'm atheist now. So, what were yeah, some of the other points on that report, out of curiosity? Uh, not religious, not practicing, just drifted away. Uh, don't like or agree with the teachings of Islam, which was uh, 7%. Um, terrorism, fanaticism, 3%. Um, per, 9% said they preferred the beliefs or teachings of an, another religion. Um, and then the other sort of big ones were um, around 14% was around personal growth, just became more educated or matured or um, just personal reasons. So that was 14%. Mm, okay. That's quite a diverse range of reasons there, really, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but just to be clear as well, that is specifically within the US. Um, yeah. Sort of, th that's not that's not outside of the US, that's not here in the UK, and that's not in predominantly Muslim countries where you've also um, got people leaving Islam, but there could be very mm. different reasons for that, and mm. you know, there could be a much bigger stigma around it compared to here or in the US. So, I mean, some I mean, of the reasons I've... Sorry, we'll carry on. I was going to say, some of the reasons I've historically read on why people might have left Islam is um, usually around having a bad experience of sorts. So, for example, um, they might have lo lost a loved one, you know, they might have fallen ill and died because of some form of illness, for example. Um, and then they almost resent God and, and come up with the conclusion of, if God really existed, why did he let this person die? Why did he let me suffer in that way emotionally and psychologically? Um, and because I therefore went through that experience, God therefore doesn't exist kind of thinking. But that doesn't really seem to represent through the numbers that you've mentioned. I know this specifically in the US uh, from the captured mm. data, but it's interesting to see that wasn't, doesn't seem to be represented there. Um, I mean, when, it, yes. it, it does actually mention personal and kind of family emotional type reasons okay it, it it does mention it but it attributes about five percent mm. out of the 23 percent so you're probably talking about you know 1.6 percent overall mm. altogether mm. so i know there's a lot of numbers there and it might yeah. be a little bit abstract yeah i mean when i was sort of looking into the topic and finding out why people sort of leave um there's for those that use reddit they have a subreddit called ex-muslims and there are a lot of people that go on there you know they find support among other ex-muslims you know and they like to sort of share their story uh on why they've left and when you read through some of those i mean i would i would say they're more or less on the same line as raheel you know you get the odd one who has some sort of you know scientific um explanation for why islam is not the truth and whatnot but most of them they've had some sort of a bad experience whether it's the way they've been raised by their parents or uh, you know that 
the way they've been taught Islam hasn't been correct. Um, you know, someone's died and they haven't found the answers that need, or they haven't found comfort in Islam, and you know, they just think it all doesn't make sense to them, and that's why they. But usually, it's some sort of sort of a bad experience. I've got to admit, um, that's exactly what I I thought as well until I saw some of that data. Um, and I've had a look through that Reddit as well. I've had a look through a lot of those conversations and it's quite, it's quite painful to read mm. it. It's just some of the, uh, there's one thing leaving and just getting on with your life. Then there's another thing leaving, but having a lot of um, baggage that you're still holding on to and becoming quite vindictive and quite, um, yeah, just hurling abuse and insult at Islam and at Muslims and things that we believe. So I, I, I just think that that's uncalled for. I get there may be some resentment, some anger, but you know, to to start hurling abuse, I I just find that's the lowest form of any um, protest or debate. Yeah, Rafael. I'm just wondering now, looking at these um, this list of reasons, if you like. You know, we talked about is there enough support from the Muslim community, but do these people want that support or do they just want to leave Islam without feeling any sort of pressure or um, concern, I guess, to stay as a Muslim? Again, I think it's very difficult because mm. we can't tar all ex-Muslims with the same no, I'm, I'm not I'm sure... Really. I'm sure there's going to be many that just sort of drift away and just just not interested. Uh, yeah, just not interested. And there's no real reasoning with that. I mean, you can potentially reason with them, but you know, they just lost interest or drifted away. But yeah. then you, you've got others who yeah, may even be practicing, yeah, maybe listening at the moment and you know starting to have some doubts or had some doubts for a while. Um and you know, maybe looking for support. It's about having that support there ready for them. Um, that's all. I'm not saying we need to go out of our way to do it. It's just that there'll be people who will be questioning their faith or having doubts. And if they knew that someone was there to listen, you know, who's going to be open-minded and not judgmental, um, is to have that there for them, that service there for them, whether it's through a masjid or through some other sort of institute that they can turn to and think, look, I can speak to them and, you know, clear up some of these doubts and you know after that conversation if I still want to go ahead I can go ahead and you know there's not going to be anything that will happen after that I'm just wondering you know the the support and service if you like for this um group of people if you like would you say it's, it, it does exist but perhaps it's not put out there enough to say we're here to support you and therefore they feel like it doesn't exist when I looked online, there was a mm. few that are there, but they're not, I mean, only I think there was maybe one or two run by Muslims, but even then it, it didn't look like it was catering for ex-Muslims specifically mm. or people that have doubts. It's just very generic. Um, and when I looked at sort of the testimonials that they had on that particular site for people that, you know, some examples of, you know, some of the questions that they had, they were all, there was nothing to do with doubts of faith. It was all to do with something that's happened to them in their life, whether it's drugs mm. or, you know, abuse or something but nothing to do with doubts of faith so it makes me question whether they have people that are able to help and support those sorts of people 
Um, I guess that would have fallen under like trauma support of sort, yeah, wouldn't it? Possibly, and um, you know, the organisations that are around, they're not, they're either not faith based or they're you know for completely different faith. Um, and you know, they're obviously going to encourage people to leave Islam. You know, if it's a Christian organisation or whatnot. Um, I mean, it's, it's been very interesting. Some of the things we've discussed so far. I mean, that was just the first half. Um, inshallah, we're going to have a quick break. Um, and then we're going to continue this conversation after the break. So catch up with you in a few minutes. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> 